Welcome to the Rescue One podcast. Each week, we talk about challenging the way we do business in the fire service when it comes to mental and physical health. I believe there's a better way to do it, and I want to bring in experts that can teach us exactly how and why we should be doing things differently for the sake of our longevity on and off the job. If we can just rescue one of our brother or sister firefighters from preventable injury, illness, or disability, then we've done our job. Thanks for listening. I'm sure we've heard every claim under the sun about what CBD can do or cure or prevent or what it can't do. Um, I want to kind of cut through it a little bit and go straight to what research and science says. Today we're talking studies and we're talking published medical studies about the research and benefits of CBD specifically as it pertains to the fire service. So we know CBD has a ton of potential benefits. Um, Has it been researched to be 100% effective on anything? Absolutely not but nothing is. There's something called an NNT or number needed to treat. And uh, that basically means how many people need to be treated with that uh, medication or what have you for it to be effective. And for example, you know, an opiate would be a two. So out of two people, one of them is going to be, you know, effectively treated by that opiate. And uh, when it comes to pain, you know, CBD was shown to be an NNT of five. So it's, um, you know, it's not obviously nothing for pain would be as effective as an opiate, but that's not what we're trying to get at. We're not trying to get, you know, snowed on a, on a, on basically a legal form of heroin. We're trying to do something that's good for our bodies and and help ourselves in the best way we can with a natural substance. Um, You know, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that, but uh, these benefits aren't something that will show CBD has a, a efficacy of, of 100%. That's just not in the cards and, uh, no medication or science, reputable scientists would say that something is hundred percent effective. Uh, what we do know is what the benefits can be. And, um, so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the science behind it and see how it's better than what we're currently doing. As far as the culture that we're promoting within the fire service, how we can, have a problem and try to hammer it with pharmaceuticals or a unnatural way to handle these kinds of things instead of a natural way. And we're going to talk about what the future looks like. So jumping right into it, I want to look at sleep. Um, A really great study that is referenced a lot is the University of Denver study that showed sleep, particularly with anxiety. People were having decreased levels of anxiety before they went to bed, which was helping them fall asleep. And and the study was more towards anxiety, but what they found was that, uh, so 79% of these people on the anxiety side had um, a lower anxiety rate and were able to fall asleep faster. But once they fell asleep um, as a side product, which is awesome, 66.7% of them reported that they had better sleep. Uh, It's attributed to, you know, improved REM cycles, which was found during uh, studies with rats. They found that CBD administered to rats, they were having improved latency, you know, their ability to fall, how quickly it took them to fall asleep and improved REM cycles. So it was nice to see in a human and an animal model, something that was qualitative and quantitative that it, that it showed that it, that it worked. Um, Now the studies for sleep are scarce in CBD, you know, and, um, 
what we need is some more double blind studies and some some uh, large scale ones. But you got to remember in referencing all of these studies, this stuff has been illegal for decades and decades, right? So a lot of the universities that are studying it now either are in states that were, you know, not, the prohibition on, on hemp was lifted or cannabis was lifted and they're able to do it. Or they were in a state where it's been legal for a long time and they're, they, they, they were doing it for that. So it's either a recent study or it was from a while ago when uh, there was no prohibition on cannabis. You know, real quick, I'll talk about anxiety as well. They, uh, the University of Sao Paulo had a double blind study of, uh, of human trials where they showed CBD reduced anxiety, um, you know, and the scores that these people would have is from SAD or social anxiety disorder, which, you know, they would report specific events that would cause anxiety, like um, speaking in public or being out in public or meeting new people. And it, it could be um, initiated very predictably. So it was one of, it was an easy t study to have because they could trigger these events um, predictably and they would administer CBD beforehand and see how it was before and after. Uh, the cool thing is it was a double blind study. So that means that when they were giving people these anxiety attacks, which sounds terrible, they're inducing anxiety attacks in these people. They would give some of them CBD and they would, some of them, they would give a placebo and they wanted to see what would uh, work and which wouldn't. And the control group did not have relief symptoms of anxiety and the, the CBD group did, you know, and we're pretty quick to, you know, hammer medication in as, as a, as a culture in general, you know, Western medicine does that. And I think there are certain things that you can't replace medicine with, you know, you need medications for, for, um, medical problems, but could we get away with it without them is the question we've been dependent on them for so long. Look at the opiate issue, you know, especially in the United States, look at the opiate crisis that's been happening. Could we have substituted it for something as effective as an opiate, but less lethal or less addictive? Maybe. And, um, you know, I'm not saying CBD is the cure, but I do believe that it's worth a shot instead of going straight to an opiate. Um, you know, and it depends on what you're taking. If you have a significant surgery, you know, CBD is not going to take all that pain away. It's been proven. Um, you know, they, they don't have the same uh, efficacy as an opiate does. Um, for opiates, they have uh, an NNT, which is called a number needed to treat. So the amount of patients that come in, they would show you how many people would have to receive that drug for it to be effective. So the lower the number, the more effective it is. And it can be as high as 20 sometimes. So meaning before 20 people would have to take it before one is effective statistically. Uh, so opiates, which are a very low number, is a two. And CBD was shown to be at a five, right? And that is usually when they were testing that, um, according to a study published Psychiatric Times uh, from a doc who's a professor at Baylor, um, he said that specifically what they said in quote is a similar meta-analysis of 18 double-blind studies revealed the efficacy showed modest cannabinoid analgesia. So it was it was modest effects and that uh, the number needed to treat or the NNT was a five and that opiates would be like a two. So it has an added benefit that it's not addictive and that it's not, um, you know, that it's not dangerous like an opiate, but it's obviously not as effective. 
So point being, you know, you could you could take the edge off. You could try um, a cannabinoid. You could try CBD rather than just jumping straight to an opiate instead. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of it comes from us. We want that pain relief quickly. We don't want to try CBD. We just want an opiate to take the pain away because maybe we don't know this is out there. But this is the benefit that I believe the future of the fire service could uh, be looking at. Take, for example, ibuprofen. Ibuprofen over time does damage to your to your GI tract and acetaminophen over time can can cause liver damage and kidney damage. And, you know, it's it's dangerous to take long term or take every day. Um, and ibuprofen specifically looking at a uh, study from Umea University in Sweden in 2014, they showed that ibuprofen increases endocannabinoids in the body, particularly one called anandamide that we know CBD oil um, increases. So it begs the question, you know, if ibuprofen is, is increasing endocannabinoids in your body and CBD does the same thing, you know, are these two linked? And that is something that we can't say for sure right now. We have to look at future studies. They at least share one mechanism of action together. Um, so again, this whole thing is about the promise and the future of CBD. We need to study this more, but it's not nothing. A lot of uh, articles out there will just say the science is lacking and that um, it shows nothing yet, but we can't dismiss it. None of these studies are saying that this stuff doesn't work. They're not saying that any of this should be dismissed. They're saying there is significant promise here and there's science and evidence to show that, you know, we have things that are up and coming or that are showing that it is effective in, in these certain kinds of ways. And because, you know, opiates are so commonly taken and that dependency, you know, comes up, now we're looking for ways to combat it. Um, again, CBD has a benefit here where uh, Scripps Institute of San Diego, along with the University of Maryland, showed uh, a study that CBD was helpful in helping relapse symptoms or withdrawal symptoms from opiates. We know that endocannabinoids in your body uh, fool pain receptors into thinking they're getting opiates in a sense. It's, it's just a natural pain reliever. And they were wondering if prescribing CBD consistently would help with that withdrawal symptom, you know, to say, okay, you you received that, that, that craving, you received your, your opiate even though they're not getting it, and the withdrawal symptoms would stop. So that's what they did. Uh, and their conclusion is summarized here. In summary, the results provide proof of principal supporting potential of CBD for relapse prevention. And they, they specifically said that to further substantiate this, uh, this large-scale treatment potential, it would be essential to extend the characterization of CBD's therapeutic profile in the future. So we need to look at a wide range of things that this thing could possibly do only because there's so much evidence supporting the fact that it has an effect on our, on our pain sensation in the body. Um, you know, what I'm stating is not a matter of my opinion. This is, this is what scientists, researchers, and doctors and universities are coming together all over the world for decades and decades saying. So, when that happens, if it's one rogue institute that has one study, that's not scientifically re relevant. We should not be paying attention to that. But when multiple universities and several doctors and researchers with thousands and thousands of hours from all over the world have been saying the same common thing in the same direction for decades, we best start paying attention. I'll give you one more on inflammation. Um, the University of Salerno, Italy, Italy 2017 Scientists took several of this of these data from 
all of these compilations that I'm talking about, and they reviewed the info and put together um, uh, data to suggest that anti-inflammatory properties of CBD could help with the following. Alzheimer's disease, multiple sclerosis, general pain, inflammatory conditions, inflammatory bowel diseases, and cardiovascular diseases. Now, what that means is that there's potential to suggest that they could help with these things. They don't prevent or cure any of them. Um, but pertaining to infl inflammation specifically, the way it affects all of these things, they believe that CBD uh, will be a, a therapeutic benefit because of its effects on inflammation. So there's the significance is that they can isolate, you know, some mechanisms of action for each of these particular things, which I think is really interesting. And, um, you know, all of these things are are backed by credible institutions. I'm going to put uh, the links to all of these studies in the show notes. I could obviously go very in depth on all of these, but one uh, it takes a little bit of time uh, since they're significantly long. And also, you know, some of it's kind of in some medical jargon, but I want, I want you guys to see that it's credible and I want it to be uh, transparent. So please take a look at them if you'd like. And you could always, always, always DM me. I love talking about this stuff and nerding out about this stuff. I read it every day. And I'm always paying attention to the new and developing research that's coming out. This stuff is, you know, anywhere from, you know, uh, studies in the 70s and 80s all the way up until, you know, last year. So it is relevant because they're, like I said, all of it is all contributing to the same direction. They're all pointing to the same direction. They're not, one is not discrediting the other in any sense, but they're few and far between in considering how much research is done on regular medications, you know, or supplements or anything else. So I wanted to kind of put it out there and, and shed a little bit of light, if not just scratch the surface talking about what CBD could be good for. But let's talk about the fire service for a second. You know, what do we do if a member has a sleep issue? You can go to a doctor and the first thing they're going to do is, do you think they're going to try to say, well, you know, you might want to try getting off of your device a little bit. Um, maybe you should go camping for 30 days and reset your, uh, you know, your internal clock um, or your, your REM sleep, you know, or your circadian rhythm. Try a different uh, diet. Try to eat melatonin-inducing foods. They're not going to say any of that stuff. They're going to say, would you like Ambien or Lunesta? And I'm not knocking doctors. Like I said earlier, medication will never be substituted, at least in my lifetime, uh, for certain things. And it shouldn't, you know, medication has its place. What I'm saying is, do we need to go straight to that? I, I don't, I don't necessarily think so all the time. And I think that, you know, we could try other things. A holistic approach in general is good. If you're having sleep issues, limit your screen time before bed, wear blue light blockers to stop some of the blue light coming in to, to mess up your REM sleep. Um, you know, try to avoid caffeine late in the day. There's like a million other things. CBD is one of them and it works um, well for some people, according to research. So yeah, pay attention to it, you know, absolutely. But the same thing goes for pain and anxiety. All of our, all of our policies are just, you know, they're reactionary. We don't do anything proactive. So among CBD, I would like to encourage everyone to just try to be a little bit more cognizant of changing their lifestyle towards being more holistic and, and healthier, before we have to resort to a medication if needed, because um, a lot of these other medications are 
either with dangerous side effects or they have or they don't make you feel that good. So just keeping that in mind, I think, is, is healthier than what we're doing now instead of just rushing straight to the medication. Because once you start them, it's really tough. You know, I've had members come up to me and say that they want to try CBD, but they don't want to stop their sleep medication. And I'm like, you, you could do both. I mean, but I don't know what the um, what the added benefit of sleep, CBD would be if you're getting good sleep with your sleep medication. It's the fact that you, you have to take your sleep medication is the issue because the World Health Organization and several other um, places like the World Anti-Doping Organization and professional sports say CBD has a, a great safety profile with no indication of dependency. And I don't know of many medications where you could say that, you know, everything has a dangerous limit and everything has an addictive property if it's a pain medication to some extent. So why would you, um, why would you discredit it or discount it, you know? And that's my two cents on, on some of the research that's been done, particular with the fire service. I think other things are going to start to come out with PTSD, with depression. Um, we don't have that much research on that stuff yet. We do know that CBD affects serotonin and that it can help with those things. But, uh, I don't think that any double-blind control group studies have been performed regarding, you know, um, PTSD yet. And, you know, when it comes out, I will absolutely bring that stuff to light. But until then, you guys can ask any questions you'd like. You can DM. You can leave a comment below this. I'm leaving uh, all these studies again in the show notes, so check that out. And uh, wherever you're listening or watching this, you know, make sure you follow our channels on Instagram. Uh, follow our podcast on Apple and Spotify and our YouTube channel, obviously. So uh, please take care of each other and be safe out there.